Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. So we might need to think, start thinking about doing a midweek episode. A midweek? Some weeks. Why? Because we have a lot of games to cover for the Griffins in one day. There's uh, there's only like eight home games left. Okay, there's still some away games though, you know. That is true. But we have four games to talk about today. For the Griffins. Just for the Griffins. Plus, like, whatever. Doesn't Toledo play, like, 10 in 10 days? That's what it's (laughs) starting to feel like right now. They, I actually kind of like how they're set up Friday, Saturday, Sunday games. That's cool for the fans, but that's got to be brutal to play. Oh, yeah. It is pretty bad. Like, back-to-backs are already hard enough, but back-to-back-to-back? I mean, you got to kind of get prepped one way or another. and And they're still crushing it. But, yeah, we've got four interesting Griffins games to talk about. And let's begin with Manitoba. Manitoba on Sunday. So we were recording while that game was going on. Yeah, a little bit of chaos there. What happened? I mean, an exciting overtime win. Oh, we won. We did win. In overtime. Sorry, an exciting shootout win. Exciting shootout win. Was it a shootout win or an overtime win at this point? This feels like a month ago. It does feel like it happened like two months ago. Uh, So we're going to go in through... Griffins for the last four games that they've got. I'll go through Toledo for the three games that they played. And Flint only played three. They're playing today. They play Saginaw today. So we'll recap the last couple games from everybody and uh, we'll talk about these exciting games for the Griffins. Yeah, so welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Nick. So let's get going here with the Griffins versus Manitoba last Sunday. Shootout win. Confirmed shootout win. I double-checked myself here. Uh, shootout win 5-4. to four. Victor Brashtrom in net for that game, which was a shock to see the start of the road trip with him in net, but played well. Why'd they switch? Give him a shot. They and, had quite a few, I believe. <laughs> they had quite a few. Uh, he, or he faced quite a few. Um, but actually, the Griffins put up quite a few shots on net in that game, too. Do you think they're listening to us? I'm hoping so. If you are, what's up, guys? <laughs> Yeah, because the last episode we said you need to shoot more, and the last four games they've shot incredibly more. (laughs) Yeah, shots in that first game there on Sunday. Griffins 38, Manitoba 30. And granted, there was some overtime there as well. The Griffins peppered Manitoba in overtime. Their goalie stood on his head. Incredible performance in overtime by him. Griffins had 10 shots in that overtime period to their one. Dang. Like, that goalie... This it's been the one that's been the Griffin killer this whole season, who's been so difficult to get pucks past. The majority of these goals were scored on their starter in that game, Holm. You know the one we love to heckle in Grand Rapids. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the other guy comes in. Man, he's a good goaltender. Um, they have a nice prospect there when it comes to goaltending. But ten shots in overtime, can't close it out there. Victor makes a couple nice saves in the shootout, and they put it away. So didn't Elmer get the final goal in that game? For the shootout? For the shootout? Yeah. Yeah, Elmer had the final goal in that shootout there because Zarnik went first for us, then Elmer, then Andreasen, but Zarnik and Elmer scored. Victor stopped their first guy. They scored their second one. We stopped the third one. So. I remember we had just finished done. We had just finished recording, and I turned that game on. I was tweeting that one out, uh, but I was only watching the, the, the shoot. Well, we had the game on the whole time. Don't quote me because I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm pretty sure Elmer's two for two in the shutout in the AHL. 
In shootouts? Mm-hmm. And if you put him in breakaways, too, after last night, I'm pretty sure he's three for three at that point. <laughs> Guy's got silky hands, man. Albert, yeah, Albert played really well this weekend. He's played really well for a couple weeks now. Yeah. I'm impressed. So what happened Monday's game? Because you had it all, so you were able to watch. I was working. I was able to watch it. That one, ugh. So we win and shoot out Monday, or Sunday. Win and shoot out Sunday. Lose in regulation Monday, 5-1. to one. This is pretty typical for this team. Well, starting goaltender in that game for Manitoba was Salomon. I hope I'm saying his name right. I think it's Salomon. Um, which is the one that came in in relief of home Sunday night. So he started, I'm pretty sure Bob had said during that game in four games against the Griffins, he's let in three or four goals in going into that game. Oh, jeez. Like a goal per game against us. He's really good. His numbers elsewise in the league are not that great. So this guy, that's their starting goalie in this one. He stops 22 of 23 shots. Uh, the Griffins put on net there. Manitoba with 28 shots in that one. So Ned saving 23 of the 28. Not a game I blame Ned again. I think that seems to be the going trend here, where we're not really blaming our goalies. I don't think... I think there was one where he handled the puck, and I was like, oh, what are you doing, buddy? And outside of that, everything else he did pretty well with. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Griffin's lone goal in that one came from, you know, my boy, Les Perrant. Lesby. Lesby. Sponsored by Lowe's.com. I was going to say, do you think he <laughs> went to Lowe's after to celebrate that goal? That goal? Yeah, if you did, if you guys didn't see the Griffins had shared a get to know thing with him, and two of the things that stuck out to us most there, his nickname Lespie, we like it. That's a lot easier than saying Lesperance, and his favorite website Lowe's dot com. Such a dad. <laughs> was it a website or was it his favorite store? His favorite website. Oh, his favorite website was Lowe's dot com. <laughs> I can just imagine that guy like on the bus trips just. Scrolling through Lowe's.com. He must have bought a house here or something. I'm assuming so. That's the only thing I, that makes sense right now. Always but, looking for some home improvement. <laughs> yeah, that was Les Perrant's assisted by Luff and Zarnik. So those two get points on the board there again. Zarnik's been playing pretty well this week. Zarnik's seeming like his old self right now, which is good. I think there was a couple games where we were, he was just kind of non-existent. Unfortunately, on the score sheet especially, but he seems to be getting it together now. Well, we definitely need him with Cross being out, so that helps. Yeah. Having him step up. But outside of that, for Monday's game, man, it there was not much to really talk about besides the fact that we let in five goals. Defense yeah. did not play great that game. Um, for example, there was no positive player on the roster again in that game. Defense struggled. But again, like I was mentioning to you last night, neutral zone offense, defense, like our offensive players playing defense and being able to clog up the neutral zone there was just a struggle. And that's kind of the going trend here is we see the defense itself doing most of the time what you think the best it can with what it's got to work with. But then the offensive players are playing a lot of offense or no offense. And there's just no defense coming from them either. No defense coming from our offense? Yeah, there's no two-way action there. Yeah, I definitely could see that. That's I mean, that's what Monday's game was in a nutshell, really. I mean, Luff was a minus four. Zarnik was a minus three. McIsaac, minus three. Evanson, minus two. So, there's some rough moments out there, for sure. And we couldn't 
didn't have a great day of staying out of the penalty box either. So uh, un- unnecessary penalties. A couple unnecessary ones there. How's, um, how's the power play? One for four. One for four. Monday. Penalty kill? Um, we killed off all three that we took. So that was good. We only took three penalties? We only took three penalties, but they were really just poorly timed in that game. And How so? unnecessary. Just the timing of it was in a moment where you think the momentum's starting to swing a little bit. And they take that penalty, and then they go on the defensive to kill it off, and the momentum you kind of were building was gone. Oh. But the the thing I think I think it was brought up in one of the pregame videos this weekend was that it does look like some of the players are still adjusting to playing with each other for the first time. Yeah, there's been. I mean, not only is Detroit pulling and dropping players like crazy. I mean, you've seen Frana up and down all week. Uh, and on paper moves and just roster moves too. Uh, then you've got we got rid of we traded Giovanni Smith. Mm-hmm. Then we added O'Regan. We added Weatherby. We traded, traded Kyle, Chris, Colo. Chris Colo. and we added uh, Sawchuk this week too. Yeah, Riley Sawchuk. That's an interesting one. Interesting add. Um, fresh out of college. This is his first pro pro games were this past weekend. Where did he uh, play for? Where Where did he go to college? Uh, Mount Royal University. Oh yeah, I haven't heard much about them until um, we got him. But he was actually apparently named Canada West Player of the Month or the Year. Bob had said on Saturday. Okay. Um, I mean, he put up some nice numbers there uh, this season: twenty-seven games, forty-nine points. Oh, so this is pretty productive. He's very productive, <laughs> very productive offensively. <laughs> Um, he spent some time in the WHL, too, as well. He played um, with the Edmonton Oil Kings for a full season, 64 games there, 76 points. Oh, yeah, so he had played with Kosa. He's one of Kosa's teammates. I remember them saying that when they released the um, press report, or the, what do they call it? The game day preview. The game day preview. Yeah. That they were adding this guy, played with Kosa at Edmonton, so uh, some familiar... I don't know how to say that word. <laughs> Some familiar, a familiar face a familiar for Kosa yeah. whenever he gets to Grand Rapids if Sawchuck sticks around. He's just signed to a professional tryout right now. Um, it's not permanent, but... So how many games do we have with this guy? The professional tryout, it depends. They're, they can vary. I don't know how many games we'll have specifically with him, but we'll have him for a little bit, it looks like. We could have him for the rest of the season. I believe it's truly a signing to help supplement the loss of Cross and now Verona being gone. Yeah. So... We signed him. Friday was his first game. So we can jump from Monday to Friday's game because, again, not much to talk about in a 5-1 loss that the team just didn't play defensively well. Not, yeah, not a whole lot of positives to pull out of that. And then also it was away, so it was hard for us to you know watch, keep track of it. The um... <laughs> Yeah, there's not positives to pull out of it, and I don't want to ride the negatives of it because <laughs> some of those we've spoken about quite a bit on here, and some we haven't, but... The, you know, Friday's game kind of changed the whole perspective after Monday. Um, how, but how so? I just think they played defensively better, except for that brief period where we gave up three goals back-to-back-to-back. Oh, we're the momentum terrible. killer right there. Yeah, that was definitely the game-changing moment for Friday. But I'm going to wrap on Sawchuck real quick, being his first pro game. I, it was someone I tried to pay attention to after looking at the stats and seeing the production that he has had in his younger career here. I thought he played well. He didn't cause any mistakes. Yeah, no bad penalties <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, he was what he did well in the faceoff circle, from what I remember. I don't have sp- statistics on it. Yeah, but 
he played well in the faceoff. He didn't make, take stupid penalties. He didn't make any real bad passes or really big mistakes you'd anticipate. Somebody fresh out of college in his first pro game in a packed arena. You know, you know the nerves and the jitters were there in that one. But he looked fine. He, I was watching the post-game interviews for last night's game, and I believe it was either... It was Dominic Shine. Uh, they had asked him about Sawchuck, and he said the kid that gets fast. They said he, he's got some wheels on him, and they're excited to play with him uh, you know, moving forward. So it'll be an interesting... Definitely have to keep an eye on this kid and see uh, where he goes. Yeah, um, you can... You can see some speed there. You know he's not going to go break out on his own just yet here. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's just trying to figure it out and doesn't want to make that mistake, which I appreciate. Figure out our system. Get it <laughs> get it pat down. Yeah. I mean, he did have two shots on goal on Friday night against Chicago. And that's important because so we need to shoot the puck more. Putting the puck on net. Yep, that's a game where we were kind of arguing that they needed to shoot more. Which, I mean, we did put 23 shots on goal, so they did shoot better. But... Oof. Friday. Friday. That's when you wanted to win so bad and think that they should have won right off the bat, for sure. Yeah, Friday's game was not... I was excited. Uh, I think we were still riding the high off Detroit playing this week, being put in a playoff position. So I'm like, all right, now it's our turn. Let's see if we can you know, get some momentum from that. Good vibes going in. I remember sitting down and he said, this goalie's going to be, this goalie's really good. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, tonight's going to be a rough night for us. I'm pretty sure Bob had said he had let up seven goals in ten games coming yeah. into that game. And if we are not shooting the puck and we just came off of a five to one loss, I'm like, this is going to be a long night. And then we scored two. Two right off the bat. We had two nothing lead going after the first It was kind of shocking to see after hearing those stats in the goalie because those goals... Were goals he should have had. <laughs> yeah, I was stoked. I was like, we're we're up first period two nothing. Uh, maybe you know the Griffins are finally getting some momentum and like they're starting to gel. Things are starting to come together for them, and we can start really making that playoff push like the Wings are. You know, maybe they're getting excited too, seeing everybody else around them getting these uh, win streaks. So maybe it's our turn to go. And then Bradstrom let in literally three goals in the first what four minutes. Five minutes of the game. First goal was three minutes, 26 seconds into the period. The next one was four minutes and one second into the second period. And the third one was four minutes and 34 seconds into the second period. All about 30 seconds apart. Yeah, and then and then Ben Simon took a timeout. Thank God. Thank God that was the right coaching call there. To be, just to settle our guys down. Regroup the troops. <laughs> and then, then what happened? Well... Right before the end of the period, what, 0.8 or 0.6 seconds left? O'Regan puts the puck in the net. That was sick. That was so sick. That was so desperately needed at that point in time. Especially at that point in the game. So we're going into the third, and we're only down by one. Yeah, that was what kept us in the game there as well. Um, Chicago, unfortunately, did come out in the third there, and two minutes in, puts the puck in the net again, unfortunately. But Shine responded within another three minutes. Putting the puck in the net. What a great weekend Shine had. Shine had an amazing weekend. He really did. But then, of course, Chicago closed that one out in overtime, unfortunately, after what I thought was two really terrible officiating calls. Um, one holding and a tripping against uh, Chicago on Johansson. 
that were completely missed. Granted, I've been the biggest advocate for big-time moments and big games don't call stupid calls, mm-hmm. and that was behind the play, so I can see why it wasn't called. But also, it did allow him not to get back and make a defensive attempt on that. Well, I remember being in the offensive zone, and they turned it over. I believe it was Sarnik. I think so. And I go, oh, God, he's got to get back. Oh, it's a, <laughs> it's a two-on-one. They're sprinting up the, the ice. What did I say to you? Brandon's like, it's okay, it's okay. He's fast enough to get back. And then all, as soon as he finishes saying that goal, right into our own net and I'm just I hang my head I'm like you've got to be kidding me after the game that we just played and we just watched this is how we're going to end it like eight seconds left in the period to score a goal fantastic O'Regan gets us on you know back into it then we take we on the power play and then we turn it over and we get scored on was that a shorty no it wasn't a shorty so the, the penalty had ended. Penalties had ended at this point. It was not a shorthanded goal. Thank God. I'm paying attention to these shorthanded goals. Though. You just want to see we... if we end up leading the league in shorthanded goals this well, season. Well, we are. T- are we still tied? I think so. <laughs> I don't know what happened in Belleville last night. So, But, I mean, you got to think in that game. Up 2 nothing. you shouldn't have blown that lead. Like That's not one we should have blown. That's not one we can blow. They still came back and tied it up, which is great, but... Yeah, they didn't I up. don't understand what happened in that minute and a half where everything fell apart offensively, defensively, and in goal right then and there. It it was happening so fast I couldn't process it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's why they had to call the timeout because things were starting to get away from us very quickly. There was no penalties called during that time. It was all even strength. Like, I don't understand. The big things that I kind of can't... Uh took away from that game was Elmer had a, at one point he had this crazy shift where he was just like hitting people like crazy. He was like a pinball in a pinball machine, just bouncing off everybody, bouncing off the boards, trying to get that, a turnover, trying to get something going for us. Um, and then a couple other times I watched and he's just dangling through people. Like <laughs> I tweeted out silky gloves tonight for Elmer. Like, oh yeah. The kid's got hands, but it looks like he's been attending the school of forechecking hosted by Adam Ernie. <laughs> it was it, it was good. It was, uh, I mean, the word on Elmer is, you know, super tall, super skilled. He's got those hands, but being able to see it in person and, like, really, he had that those chances this weekend. I don't feel like he's really gets a whole lot of those chances where he's, like, dangling around people um, and trying to make something happen, but this weekend he was. Do you put the three goals on Bradstrom that happened in the minute and a half there? Do you put it on him or no? I would have to say, I would have to rewatch the highlights to see. Um, because I, I remember... watched the goals a couple times. I watched that post game and I, I just, I don't understand where it happened. I felt like he missed a couple of those. Like he should have... He clearly him. missed one. I'll give I'll give that. He missed one completely. It, right, not... it popped over his shoulder. Not in the right position. Just bad. But the other two, like, I couldn't figure it out. Were they all slap shots? It was the one on the co- blue line that I was like, oh, that one's the one he should have had back. That's the one he should have had, right there. It somehow popped up over his shoulder. I don't know if it was deflected or not. It's really hard to tell with age how camera angles, but... Well, and the other thing is that it happened so quickly in the, the start of the period, I really wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we're down by three. I'm like, what? I, like, I saw the third one, but I'm like, what? What happened? Like, as soon as, you know, as soon as you 
saw the first one go in and you've like watched it on the highlights like on the jumbotron and then you turn around and there it's already back in the net again like it, it yeah it was it was it happened so quick it was a blink of an eye it fell <laughs> that 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 decision to start him that night did confuse me a little bit um i've seen ben simon ride nadelkovich back to back at home um i don't know if that was truly just saving him up for what we saw against cleveland cuz ned was the one that played against cleveland a week ago and got Shelled. Shelled by him. Um, so I don't know if that was just that move. And I, I, of course, always support a goalie not having to play back-to-backs. Like, I don't want that. I want that to be split as much as possible. But that goalie matchup of, I'm not even going to try to pronounce Chicago's goalie's last name. I just know his first name's Pitor. Pet- it's very Russian. Is that Petr? Petor, Pitor, I don't know, man. It's very Russian. He can speak very little English from what I remember when he was with uh, Carolina as well. Like, he did a post-game interview one time. And it was just, it's the one of the best interviews that's happened all season. The guy's a character. He's an absolute character. And you could see it in warm-ups, too. He is a character out there. But I don't, I think I would have started Nedeljkovic in that game. They need to figure out what they're doing with the goalie situation. Because, obviously, Ned is not the answer for Detroit. No. And if this is a development league, like we've been trying to figure out the last three weeks, is... Having Ned there, and if you're not showcasing him to trade him, and you're not, and he's improving, he's 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 playing a lot better. He's, he's playing a lot better, but they're not looking to bring him up anytime soon. I don't think he's playing any better than Helberg is right now. Yeah, and then so now you have Bradshaw sitting on the bench. So like, who Brad, needs the development? Who needs the development? Who's younger? Who could potentially be a backup for Detroit later on? Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Or the starting goalie for the Griffins. Yeah. So they're kind of in this weird spot with these two guys. And you know Kosa's coming. Like, Kosa's coming. Kosa's coming. He's coming. He's, he's coming up soon. So Oh, it's going to be so great. I mean. But again, we're not rushing him. Yeah, we don't want to rush him. Uh, but what are, you, like, what are they going to do? What is their plan with these goalies in GR? That's a, the grand question, I think, right now when it comes to what the biggest piece we need to focus on is the goaltending piece. And I don't have an answer. And it's a flip of a coin one night, which one of them is going to be the right choice. That I mean, that's why I said I don't completely disagree with Ben Simon's choice to put Bradstrom in that night. But I just, I put Ned in that game, and I think it might be a different story. But then what do you do the next night? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. And then, again, too, like a lot of the goals, it's not been on the goalies either, though. No, that's the hardest part. I feel like the biggest problem we've seen, and I'll say this too, is Friday I was watching, I was paying attention a lot more, and it seemed like... That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I'm just there for the vibes, and I'm just like kind of taking it all in. But the play on the ice is a lot of our goals that we had, and even and this kind of carried through on Saturday too, is like the play was down on our end quite a bit, and all of a sudden like sticks are in good positions, we get a break, we get a... um. We break up a pass, and we're two-on-one the other way, or a breakaway on the other end. And so that was what a lot of the goals that I saw. Yeah. And it may have been more of that on Saturday than Friday, but that's kind of where it was leading. And I'm like, we can't continue this. Like, Yeah, I mean, the, again, just to you know touch on which goalie should play. I mean, again, I'm not going to fault Bradstrom for this game. The Wolves put 43 shots on net. That's it? <laughs> to our 23. 
So we, we passed the 18 mark. He still had he still saved 38 shots in this game. Yeah. That's yeah, we did pass the 18 mark. I don't think we had a game under 20 this whole week, which is great. That's massive improvement in shots. So Keep we, shooting the puck. Because so clearly once we saw on Saturday night, shooting the puck works. But Brestrom was absolutely shelled. And for a kid at his skill level right now, and the little playing time he's getting, he faced two games worth of shots in a game. Yeah. Like, I, you can't ask much more from him. Besides that one blue line shot. Just stop that one. That, yeah, that one could have been nice. Would have. It might have changed things. We would have, we may have won the game that point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Ben Simon calling the timeout at that point was brilliant. I might have called it right after the second one went in, but mm. two and 30, 30 seconds apart, it, that you need to chill it out. Something's yeah. got to something's got to calm down. But well, the other thing too that you had mentioned that was he got the bl- he got the blender back out. Oh my god, I'm so sick of the blender. So we talk about we talk about the. Trying the, to gel. Try trying to, to gel. Trying to get used to playing with each other. And he's just throwing them around there. Like, it doesn't matter. The defensive parents just continue to get swapped out throughout the game. Offensive parents continue to get swapped out throughout the game. No one's played probably just over these four games alone, except for Saturday where the things seem stable. So let's, let's compare Sunday, Monday, and Friday. I don't think anybody played more than 10 minutes with each other on their scheduled lines through the whole week not just per game through the whole week and with lash off and camphor being injured right now we don't have to do a veteran shakeup at all there's two veterans out right there we're at the veteran veteran limit without having to have someone sat that night so we don't need a blender so why do we still have one yeah it's it's a good question um Hopefully they figure something out. They consistency. I mean, they just yeah. need to. They need consistency. One, if we can start getting consistency in the lines, then we should be able to see consistency in the play. And yep. We should be able to get consistency in the wins, because right now this team is still Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. You go to overtime Sunday, and then you get shelled the next night, and then Friday you win or no, you lost. Sorry. Mm. Friday you lose in overtime. And then Saturday, we come out, and we we crush it. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make sense, man. And, like, I understand in a game where you're getting blown out, like a, a 5 nothing game or something like that, shaking up the lines. Makes sense. You're trying to get a spark. You're trying to get something going. A game that's that tight, why? Why, why, why? That's the one. If I ever was able to sit down with Ben Simon and ask one question, that's the question I'd want to ask: Is why do you shovel the lines around like this? Like it doesn't make sense to me. I'm no coach. You're the just players, a concerned fan. Very concerned. <laughs> the, the players need time to gel together. You can't just count on practice and the two minutes you gave them at the beginning of the game together. It doesn't work like that. Especially with we've got so many people coming in and out, and and they're so young. Yeah, that was my next point. They're so young. This team is so young. They need time together. Especially if we're looking for development. I mean, you need to keep Simon with... Johansson. Johansson. If Lashoff's injured, it needs to be Johansson. If it's not Johansson, then he needs to stay with Lashoff. Yeah. Like, that pairing works so well. We saw it Saturday night, which we're about to get into Saturday, but he was with him the whole night then. And they played well. They played great. And they won. And they won. 
Who's McIsaac usually swapped or messed up with? I mean, I usually see him with New Power right now. Um, I saw a lot of him with Emil Vero this weekend, and I liked that pairing. I didn't hate it at all. Vero, from the cup, these two games, Vero's been noticeable again, and I'm loving his play style. Saturday night, oh my god, he was playing great, and unfortunately, New Power is just, just struggling on defense right now. I don't know if he needs the cage back on. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, like I love just... him as a player. I love New Power. But these past couple of games have been very shaky. Well, what's changed for him, just the lineup? I mean, he was paired with Camper a lot. Is he more a stay-at-home defenseman or is Camper? Um, I think Camper's more of the stay-at-home defenseman in that aspect because I noticed in these pairings, New Power is trying to be the stay-at-home defenseman and he's... He can't. He it's can't. not his role. No, it's not something he's used to being. And so right now, New Power's matched with... I mean, I saw him with Vero, and I saw him... And Vero's more of like, go. Oh, Vero's go. Yeah. Dude's got wheels. He's go. <laughs> yeah. He, he, wants... he, gets, he gets in deep, and he's on the forecheck. He was he's very good at it. Um, he wants to go. He wants to be let free. And when the moments he's let free are moments where you're like, yeah, he's a really good defensive prospect. And moments where you have to hold him back, you're like, I don't notice him. Yeah, it's kind of like Cider, you know. Cider wants to go, and Chirac just was holding him back, you know. So Chirac's holding us all back. <laughs> <laughs> but any standout player from you Friday night? I know it's a rough one, but there, I said, were, there was moments of brilliance. I said Elmer. Yeah. Uh, Shine got a goal, so that was... Shine got a goal. Shine's the standout of the weekend there. Yeah, Elmer was big. I, <laughs> Elmer was tall. Elmer was tall. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, he's tall. But, yeah, I just, that shift from Elmer really stood out for me. Um, it wasn't clipped or anything on Twitter. Or you know, it wasn't clipped on Twitter, but I just remember watching him go through and just pinball. It was it was great. Uh, I really liked that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my standout, I have two standouts from that game, actually. Um, O'Regan, obviously, goal and assist in that game. Offensively played really well. Um, continues just to be a very stable player in the lineup that I like to watch. And, you know, the other one, as we talked last week a lot about, Chase On. I'm loving Chase On's game right now. It is aggressive. It is feisty. It is offensively producing and very well defensively producing as well. The dude's takeaways the past couple of games are so nice and so clean. Sticks in good positions. He's always got the stick in the right position. He keeps it on the ice. Keep your stick on the ice. And go. That definitely helps. It does. So, yeah, those are my two standouts from Friday. Um, I'm going to add McIsaac. I thought McIsaac played really well uh, defensively. Yeah, he continues to play really well. He's Since he's come back from injury, he's been great. I have no issues with him right now whatsoever. And he's young. It, it throws me off because he doesn't don't, – don't take this offensively. He doesn't look it. Yeah, it, I thought he was been in their system for a long time, but when we looked – Maybe it's just because, like, I'm used to, like, I mean, I followed this team since I was a kid. So when I was a kid, I always looked at these players, and I'm like, they're old. And now I'm like, God, they're all younger than me. <laughs> That's the toughest part of growing up. That's happened oh. to us today, too. We were looking at the Lions, and the Lions age is 29. God, that's terrible. That's weird. Getting old. But, yeah. Dust. And, you know, we obviously know they won Saturday night. And this is the thing, too. Like, I just sitting here looking at these this four-game stretch, and I'm like, man, it's rough. But at the same time, we got five points out of these four games. 
We it's did. nothing to turn our head at. The Manitoba blowout hurt. We beat them in the shootout. We lose to Chicago. That hurts. But we lost in overtimes. So we pushed them to overtime. And then we win Saturday. I mean, it's not a bad stretch of four games. And I don't know why I feel so negative about it sometimes. But Do you think we have playoffs? We're six points out. Six points out. Six points out. Even with Iowa winning last night, we're six points out because we won two. We just keep. We just need Iowa to lose. We just need Iowa, who's struggling, really. I think that was their first win in a while last night. It would help if we won more. Well, of course it would help if we win more. We just need them to keep losing, too. They've been playing absolutely <laughs> terrible hockey right now. Um, I haven't do- taken a dive into those stats yet. I'm really curious to see how no. much that's falling on Wallstead right now. Oh. Because everyone was riding Wallstead so high and comparing him to Kosa, being like, oh, Kosa's in the ECHL. Wallstead's obviously establishing himself in the AHL. Well, the stretch where it's coming down to matter, is he playing well? Because the stretch where it's mattering in Toledo right now, Coast is playing well. Coast is playing really well. So I'm I'm going to look into that next week for next week. I kind of want to see, because we're going to obviously be talking about Iowa a lot if we're chasing them in the playoffs right now, and I believe we have some more games against them coming up too. I don't know if we completed that season series or not yet. I don't think we've completed any series yet. I don't think so either. So... I'll be I'll be diving into that. That's my focus for the week is figuring out what's happening in Iowa, why they're terrible now. Well, that's good for the Griffins. I love it. The I mean, if we can get consistent and we can gel, maybe we can go on a little tear. You know, gel I mean, at the right time. Teams hitting things at the right time. You've seen stranger things have happened. There's know? also that one clown that plays for Iowa that I absolutely hate. Who? Uh, Ottenbright. Uh, the one who walked around like. Just throwing the body left and right, then just whined every time he had a penalty call. <laughs> Can't stand his game. It's it's just trash. Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday night. Hispanic Heritage Night. Hispanic Heritage Night. That it was is, cool. That was cool. I. So my thoughts on it was I was mad that they didn't have more t-shirts. <laughs> I didn't get one. And... The yellow was different, uh, the, or the gold. I don't know what they. I call that gold. The gold. The I love when the NHL does, or the NHL. I love when the NHL does uh, these theme nights. So, uh, we were talking to a guy in the season ticket uh, lounge, and he had the Harry Potter one. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love. We have coming up is the Cancer Night. The purple game. The purple, purple game. Purple jersey game. Purple jersey game is coming up. Yeah. I love this, and I wish the NHL would do this as well. We all do, too, but we know why they don't. You bring out the special jerseys, you bid on them at the end of the game or during the game. You get a whole... There was a ton of Hispanic people there, too, and I bet a lot of it was their first game. Yeah. There were a lot of kids. The kids were in it. There was good energy throughout the game. If you want to grow the game, you have nights like that. Honoring the heritage in your community and stuff like that is one thing, but being able to expose a whole different demographic to the game is how you grow the game. And yes, the arena was not as full as it was Friday night. That crowd was so much better than Friday night. That crowd was into it. It was loud. It was fun. Yeah, if it's just where we were sitting is different, but it was weird too because I so I had tickets already uh, for Ethan and I, mm-hmm. and then. Like, everything in the lower bowl was sold out. And then I was able to move us up two rows and then add you. And that whole row was sold out, and nobody showed for that. I know. We had a lot of space, which was 
I mean, the season ticket holders, they don't, we don't get to every game either. I understand it. Yeah, it was it was odd. Uh, but the I mean, everybody was into it. Everybody was screaming. Everybody's yelling. I think the Griffins did a really good job on the social media aspect. Like they yes. changed the logo. They got music out there. They had dancers during the intermissions or during uh, puck TV timeouts or whatever was going on. They had the salsa dancers. Um, I saw somebody have nachos. I never saw nachos there before. I didn't. Well, they do. Have, yeah, they do have nachos. I just think you've missed oh, that this whole time. My, that, was, that was about to be my only complaint is there was no Hispanic food. Like, ah, I was so I was so hoping like they had pulled in some local restaurants as vendors and something like that. No. Some tacos. Oh my gosh, I, I was really craving that for that game too. That'd have been cool. Some things that we could have uh, we could suggest for next season. That is my main suggestion. If they do another Hispanic Heritage Night, is bring in some more food. Did they? What was the intro video like? I couldn't see it. Some guy was standing in front of me through the whole thing. Then he sat down afterwards. Was it? What do you think it was like Hispanic? No, they changed. They had changed the music and changed the video, but they didn't really change much in, in that oh, okay. aspect. The music was changed. Yeah, there was. Um, I, I don't know. I just thought they did that really. They did really well with it. They changed up a lot of the social media stuff. They they changed the logos. They got the the other jerseys out. The jerseys grew on us. The jerseys did grow on us. We when they first got released, wasn't a big fan. I'll be honest. I thought they were going to be like highlighter yellow. Oh, when no, I first I saw think, them, I didn't think that. I thought it was going to be like gold. Or I was talking to Joe about it too. He said the same thing. He's like, if they're bright yellow, I don't want it. Like, I don't think I need a highlighter yellow jersey. But that gold color they did was really nice. The logo looked sweet. The logo was sick. The hardest part, though, was trying to read the numbers for the players during the game. Because I was like, who is that? And you're like, it's Adam Ernie. I'm like, well, I know Adam's 73, but it looked like 78. Yeah. So the numbers were the hardest part. But they were cool jerseys. And the jerseys went for quite a bit. Simons was over two thousand dollars before the game started. Yeah, it ended at like two thousand, like sixty-five dollars. Someone really like that. wanted that one, Joe. <laughs> you, now, <laughs> some of the other jerseys didn't go for what I expected. I mean, Soderblom's didn't break a thousand in the in-person auction. That the, shocked me. The jersey prices were crazy. Um, I looked at them again today because I was talking to my dad about them, and they went. Pr- between 600 to... Nothing went for 400 Like yeah, a couple of previous auctions. Nothing went for 400 Everything was seven, 600 or 700 or higher. Yeah. And the ones that we thought would go for more went for less. And the ones we thought that would go less went for more. Freaking so. what? Shines went for like 1300 Yeah. But he had two goals that night. So... He did. He... Yeah. And he came out with a lot of energy. He's like in that lineup with him. And is he on the line with less, less runs? No. Who was he with? Who assisted on his goals? Who is well his first goal was unassisted. His second goal <laughs> was assisted by Spezia. He's on the line with Spezia and Pearson usually. That's oh. why I blanked so hard on that for some reason. So he really likes playing with Spezia. Um and Spezia I like just, him playing with Spezia. Spezia just came back. Yeah. So he really he thinks highly of him based off the interview that I was watching with him this morning. So oh, they get along well. Yeah, they like playing together. And it shows because he like Shine's been on a tear the last two games. Three goals. Any assists? No assists for Shine in that game last night. No. That's all right. We need the goals. Yeah. Um, Shoot the puck. Who did have some assists last night? Um, McIsaac, two. Les Perrance had two and a goal. Hiroshi had two. Hiroshi had two goals? Two assists. Two assists. No, you would have seen those goals. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, man. There, there was a lot of positives out of Saturday. 
And when I say a lot of positives, there's a lot of actually positive, like, statistic players. <laughs> um, which is pretty rare on the score sheet for us lately. I mean, you talk a second. I'm going to count it up here. I want you to just, just give more of your thoughts on Saturday here. Uh, a lot of the breakaways, again, uh, that I saw, you know, the other thing that I saw, Simon had a goal. He had that empty netter at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. That was huge for him to be able to get back on the score sheet because he's had some tough games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all I have. There was 15 positive players in the roster. 15? So when that happens, we typically win. Well, yeah, which is great. But also... Um, How many shots do we have? 31 shots on goal. They shot the puck more. There was a couple of those goals and scoring chances that they had that were just generated by throwing the puck on the net. Rebounds. Just deflections. Rebounds. Like... I think it was Les Perance's goal. Hirose made a play at the blue line with it, passes it back to McIsaac. McIsaac threw it on net. And Les Perance cleaned up the rebound very nicely because um, he's got good moves out there. He's got silky gloves. You love saying they got silky gloves. What else, what else should I say? I said he got good moves. He's got good moves. Les Perance has been playing very well, very well lately, which makes me happy to see. I don't know how he became a favorite of mine besides scoring goals, but I just like his play style a lot. The other game notes that I wrote was we almost got a lottery ticket from Griff, so we were very close. Did you take notes on the game or just the fans? Uh, oh, I'm there for the vibe, so it's a lot of the fans, <laughs> so... Um, the other thing that I noticed too is we need to bring back the little girls to sing the national anthem because they were fantastic. It's been a minute. And the crowd really enjoys when they do it. But hold on though. I thought the person who did it last night absolutely crushed it. She did crush it. Like she did phenomenal. I don't remember her name. I feel bad about that, but that was one of the best anthem singers we've had outside of the two children that of course the crowd love. Yeah. She did an amazing she job. She killed it. I'm not a big fan of having the high schools or the middle schools sing I it. get it. It's minor league hockey. That's why they do it. I'm, I can only imagine what it looks like in the lower leagues. I don't know. We're going to see when we go to Toledo. Heck yeah, we will. <laughs> um, scoring got kicked off for the Griffins, though. Uh, Johansson. I don't see him score very often, so that was pretty darn cool. Uh, nice little goal from him. That was after Cleveland had taken an early lead, unfortunately, in that game, but it was one of their only two goals they scored, so I'll take it. So Johansson kicked it off, assisted by Les Perance and Hiroshi. It was good to see Hiroshi on the score sheet, because if he hadn't in that game, I was going to have some thoughts about his play lately. He's actually doing, like, sneaky very good. He's quietly so good. Yeah. Like Now, he... my question on that is he does have a lot of points on the board. Is it a lot of those secondary assists right now, or is he getting the primary assist setting up the plays? Like I don't, I don't know. I'm so undecided on Hiroshi right now. It's so strange because he he had that brief stay with Detroit. It was very brief, and we're like, oh my gosh, she's going up, and then everybody was like, Taco, like, <laughs> and really, like jumped on that you know a nickname for him, and then I come here this year, and I'm like. Is he playing? Is he doing well? You can't really tell because he's he's just quietly racking up points. He's a very good hockey player. I think he's going to be in the AHL most of the time, unfortunately. Um, he's good. I love having him on the team. I don't mind him staying on the team for as long as he wants to be on this team. Unless he sees fit for another opportunity somewhere else. But 
He puts the puck on net. He puts points on the board. Those are important. It's the two most important things you could do as a hockey player, right? No, he plays well, and yeah, I mean, sneakily, just really, really good. He did have a secondary assist on that first goal with Les Perons getting the primary. Then Cleveland scored again to take the lead, and that was the last scoring we saw from Cleveland for the rest of the night, and that was all in the first period. They didn't do anything really after that. Griffins pretty much shut them down. Um, next goal for the Griffins was Shines unassisted. Beautiful goal. Don't know if you remember it specifically or not. No, please enlighten us, the listeners. I was hoping you remembered it. <laughs> no. no, no, it was just a nice little rush to the net, man, and just making the right moves at the right time and putting it where it needs to go. That's the thing. You just put the puck where it needs to go, making those quick little in and out moves that he can make, and results were there clearly. And then you put the biscuit in the basket. Put the biscuit in the basket. Did you look up the proper terminology no, for that? I did not. Oh, okay, good, good job, buddy. Then he followed it up again with another goal. That was assisted by uh, Mr. Seth Barton and Tyler Spezia. Uh, did not... Seth get pulled up this week? Seth did get pulled up this week. We didn't really talk about it yet. Seth got pulled up from Toledo and played really well. That's exactly what I expected to see from him. When Did he play Friday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he got pulled up Thursday. Yeah, he was, but again, gets called up and gets thrown in the blender. Yeah. That was, again... Saturday's defense was more stable lines. And we could clearly see results from that. But anyways, after Shine, uh, Mr. Mr. Soderblom. Little snipe to the five hole. That was a little dangles. It was dangles. Very, very dangly. Very silky. <laughs> oh, that was assisted by O'Regan and Mr. Emil Biro. Again, Biro's play Saturday night. He's, he's my standout player, by the way, for Saturday night. As crazy as it's not saying Shine, not my standout player. Shine played a fantastic game. Vero, all over the ice, staying in position while being all over the ice still. Fantastic on the forecheck. Really smart decision-making with the puck. That led to quite a few scoring chances, and of course he got that assist too as well in the game. So, great game from him, in my opinion. I love seeing it because he's just a player that's really growing on me. Next goal, Les Perrants. I was pretty hyped when that goal happened. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> I always am. Uh, assisted by McIsaac and Hiroshi. So Hiroshi's second assist of the night there as well. Uh, he had the secondary, McIsaac on the primary assist on that one. And then the empty net from our boy Edmondson. I was really hoping Dominic Shine would get uh, it. He tried so many times too, and they kept trying to get him the puck too. And then I think there was just a point where it was time to close this out. And Edmondson just threw it down the ice, and it worked out. Assist on that one. McIsaac got his second assist on that, and Les Perrins got his third point of the night on the secondary assist on that as well. Yeah, my statement, besides Shine getting two goals up on the board was McIsaac. I mean, he, they, his defense has played really well the last few games, and being able to do a couple breakups with passes and things like that. So, And he got quite a bit of uh, kudos and attaboys after the game throughout the interviews with his teammates, so... They enjoy him being there and playing. Yeah, two assists plus three. Two shots on goal. I mean, great game from him. Again, I think we talked last week. He had a really, really good game, and here we are again. He's doing it again. So, yeah, McIsaac, stand out there. Keep and playing good, buddy. <laughs> keep playing good, buddy. And then, like I said, Vero is one of my standouts. Assist in that game, plus two. One shot on goal. Uh, Riley Sawchuk in that one, plus two. Another shot on goal. Oh. Um. 
Second game, already plus He spent two. a little bit of time on the shine speezer line. Oh, that's good. In that game. And I like that combination quite a bit. Because I don't remember if you saw the clip. He laid out a dude <laughs> yeah, he did. in his already stint here with us. So he's a little feisty too, man. He's not a not a big guy by any means. He threw the body and he threw it good. Would you say that's our energy line then? Shine. Oh, that's... Any line that Shine, Spezia, and Pearson are on is the energy line. That's where it comes from there. And Elmer also brings the energy, but that line specifically is the energy line. And Pearson, Pearson sat this weekend, didn't he? He did. Yeah. For soft drive. Yeah. Which, okay. It worked out. I mean, you got to get the kid in there and see what he's, see what he's all about. See what he's got. We're just thinking Ned in that game. Um, I noticed one thing specifically in that game. I don't know if you caught it. Was he the guy in goal? He was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you noticed that, so that's good. Yeah, so he stopped some pucks. Um, there was quite a bit of shots, right? I don't know. I mean, yeah, Cleveland still outshot us, 34 shots on goal. They had 10 shots in the first, 6 in the second, 18 in the third, so they were trying to claw their way back into this. Uh, the Monsters. But we had nine shots on goal in the first, thirteen in the second, nine in the third too. So we didn't slouch in this game. No, we came to we came but to shoot. I just want to know if you noticed the one thing Ned was doing in this game specifically. No. Ned He's... is sick of the power play struggle. He was not letting people come get the puck down there when it was dumped in. He was skating out and shooting it back up the ice, making these long stretch passes left and right on the power play. That's right. Yeah, he did come out of the net quite a few times, and I got a nervous lot. at one point because he. And I thought maybe it was because they had scored two, and so he was just, like, coming out and just trying to get the crowd and get them going again. So, like, that made me nervous because there was one point that he lost it behind the net, and I was like, oh, my gosh, we're going to get scored on right here. And it didn't happen, which was good. But, yeah, he was coming out. Um, Power play specifically is when this was happening. For me, when I when I saw it the most, it was... I mean, there was one he skated out almost past the blue line. Yeah. And... <laughs> There was one point that he came out and he took a guy out too. Yeah, <laughs> it's like old school Dominic Hasha kind of oh, action yeah, there. I was I was a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to piggyback the power play from the net, and it's not something I expected to see, but I was a fan of it because you can tell he he wants to get that power play going. He wants something to happen, and I think all the players know too. Once that power play starts gelling, it could be a top power play with the stats they have. Not the stats they have, but the players they have. Yeah. So that was just something that caught my eye, and I wanted to make sure I brought it up because I thought it was cool. Now that you mentioned it, I do remember that. Because it was a lot. I mean, it, it's more than cool. 10 times. It was more than what he normally does. For I mean, sure. yeah, Ned likes to play the puck a lot, but it's usually from behind the net. I have never seen him skate out so much, shooing people back down the ice. Nope, nope, turn around, go back. I've got this. Yeah. And, yeah, I was a fan of it. Keep it going. Uh, we were able to get a power play goal last night. We were one for four. I mean, I was nervous about it because it was risky as heck, but... You got to do something to change it, right? Yeah, and they know they're struggling on the power play. Oh, they, it's been mentioned in multiple interviews now that they know it's a struggle. Um, yeah, he's sick of it, you can tell. He, I, he wants to help as much as he can. I wish that he would have just shot the puck Saturday night to get a goal. <laughs> a little, little Linus Allmark action. <laughs> yeah. What a goalie goal that was. I love goalie goals. I was. It was funny too because on the way to the game, I was like, "Man, I haven't seen a goalie goal yet in person. Like that would be so cool." I don't know if I have either. And then, and then Old Mark gets that. <laughs> yeah, in Boston last night. That was crazy. Uh, um, final thoughts for Saturday. 
We won. We won. The big jer- win. The jerseys were cool. They're expensive. There was a there was a big turnout. There there was a big yeah, there was a big turnout. Yeah, well done Griffins on that one. It was just one of the best theme nights they've done in a while. So I kudos. Yeah, and I feel too so we were noticing Friday and Saturday that the music and the videos and everything has been like pretty much overhauled or changed. Like Griff got a new toy, he's riding around in that. Yeah. Uh well back in the days when I was a kid, like he it was he had an ATV every game. Yeah, Before Finn existed, he had an ATV. And that was like his thing. I just wish that they would be they would do this for every game kind of thing. Like not not a not a theme night, but I just wish like the Griffins fan front office or whatever, their social media team would just go above and beyond. Like Toledo does or I think we had a few games that lacked on the media side where it came to, I could barely hear the announcer. I don't know if that's just a difference in Josh and Zane's voice. We could barely, it was very hard to pick up what they were saying to like, you know, crowd makes some noise or talk about this promotion that's happening or t-shirt time. Even I couldn't hear it, Yeah. but it's not like the music was louder than that. Cause the music seemed so quiet. And then I don't know if someone must've plugged something back in Saturday night that was unplugged, but it was loud. I could hear everything. I can understand Zane clear as day. The music from the DJ they had was super loud and actually was pretty good. And then the music throughout the game was actually changed up. So, like, being a season ticket holder, the only thing I ever complained about is I can predict the song that's coming at the next whistle because yeah, you, they don't change it. And you know who's going to be up on the, the Jumbotron. You, we put the same people up, which is fine. It's yeah, some of them, like, like, you know, our air drums guy. We yeah, love him. Yeah, the hair and, guy. Yeah, I mean, those ones, those are classics, and that's what keeps the season ticket holders engaged, too. But it also needs to be new and exciting here and there. So Saturday night, seeing how much it changed, made me really excited. And I really hope Wednesday, when I go back, that it's not just reverted back to what we saw before. The one thing that I do need to mention is that consistently we've had an issue with the goal lamp. (laughs) Oh, my God. Fix the goal lamp that keeps turning on. I'm glad Zane finally said something about it in play. It's saying no goal, light turning on for whatever reason. Yeah. That one behind the Zamboni tunnel light, it just keeps turning on anytime someone taps the boards. It It's hard, too, because we were on the other side of that. So we were trying to, like, did it go in? Did it not go yeah. in? Like, what's going on here? So, yeah. And it went off the entire third period. Like, every couple minutes. Terrible. Someone needs to fix that. It's a loose wire or something. I don't know. Change it up. <laughs> Please. It's driving us nuts. Wednesday, they had issues with the time clock. Oh, my God. And so that delayed the game quite a bit. No, it was Friday. Yeah. What did I say? You said Wednesday. They better not have issues with the time clock on Wednesday. Come on. Friday, they had issues with the time clock. Uh, they had to reset it a couple times. I don't know what they were doing. It was, the only, it was in the third period as well. Yeah, the media, the media side of the Griffins could be very much improved. And I know it's minor league hockey. I'm not expecting the production that the Red Wings put on. But it's been better than what we've seen currently. Yeah. No, I don't have anything else for, Saturday, for Griffs. That's... Yeah, I mean, five points in those four games. It's a nice takeaway. We've got, again, more important games coming up this week. We have those pesky Wolves from Chicago back in town on Wednesday. Um, I'm sure there'll be some carryover chippiness from that game as well. And we're typically good on Wednesday, so we should win. I hope so. I'm. I love Wednesday. I love winning Wednesdays, man. It's uh, it's nice for us. And I, then I love that for you. Yeah, you can't go Wednesdays. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, and then we have two extremely important games 
on the weekend. Iowa's in town. Both games. Both games. So you would have put a prediction out there. What we uh, do this week? I don't. I don't know. I'm scared to. I'm sorry. I was reviewing the games the following week there just to see if we had Iowa in that. We don't. So that's two obviously really important games. Prediction. I think we beat the Wolves. I think we get a little revenge there. Um, I say one and one versus Iowa, keeping us literally stagnant where we are, with the six points behind. I still think we come out six points behind them out of these three games. Unless Iowa tanks. I don't know what their schedule looks like. Again, I'm going to focus on looking into them a little bit. You did say they've been really bad lately. They've been terrible. So, um, so I mean, my only concern is it's three games at home. And we don't have a winning record at home. Going into Saturday, we had two, won two out of our last ten at home. So, I don't know. And that's, honestly, like that goes back to that media piece for the arena. I think it's struggling. They're struggling to keep the fans in it. Because of the low level of production we're seeing. It seems so much quieter in there. It's not loud. Music's not loud. Announcer's not loud until Saturday. Saturday, everything seemed louder. And it was great. With less people. Yeah, there was less people. So Like our row was open. I'm hoping that they figured out whatever's going on back there. And we see just a change in the media side of it coming up. But if it it reverts back to what we saw Friday and the weeks before that, I'm I'm concerned. But you got to make that place a tough place to play. And it can get loud in there if you engage the people properly. So not only does that follow, like, the product on the ice needs to match, but the product that the arena delivers needs to match as well. Griffin's Hockey, if you need ideas, reach out. Oh, I'm all for ideas. The DMs are open, and I have ideas. Yeah, lots of ideas. More lights. Just kidding. Goal lights that work, though, please. Goal lights that work. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) No, there's more ideas than that, but all right. We've we've spent already an, over an hour talking about the Griffins, but there was four games, and I w- I want to talk about Toledo as I continue to get more and more excited. So well, and Toledo only had three games, so there's there wasn't much to talk about because not a whole lot went in. <laughs> <laughs> they won all three games. They won all three games. Well, so right now they're we're recording today on Sunday. Uh, they're currently playing Wichita to finish out this the uh, the weekend series but they played friday they played at indy and they won 4-1 costa started had 28 saves god and that four to one win four to one win that goal came at the like at the very end of the game too so he was carrying a five goal a five period shutout into that game so has he only let in like one goal in his past three? Yeah. He's, Holy smokes. He's playing really well. He's dialed in. And so the other standouts for that game, Brandon Hawkins got a goal in the second. Um, first period, it was 0-0. Uh, yeah, they ended quiet. That. Yeah, quiet. Third, second period, they exploded, hit three goals. Gordy Green, uh, Warren assisted for that one. And then you have Brett McKenzie, and then you have Brandon Hawkins, who's still on a tear. Yep. There. Third period, Bliss. Nice. Got the other goal, and Hawkins assisted. And then Jeez. Indy got a goal about 40 seconds later so to ruin this, the, the shutout. But, oh, darn. Yeah, Kosa, 29 saves, back-to-back. Uh, back-to-back, almost back-to-back shutouts. So that almost, so close. So close. Uh, well, that would have been back-to-back-to-back shutouts for him because he had two shutouts in a row. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, he did yeah. come into it with back-to-back so shutouts. he's playing amazing hockey right now, and the team in front of him is also playing fantastic hockey. 
it's exciting. They're it's, and they're having fun, and they this was down in this was in Indy, so there's only four thousand. I did this. There's four thousand people in attendance for that game. That's like the average attendance of an Arizona Coyotes game. Just about. I think it's a little bit more. <laughs> three three starts for that game was Hawkins, uh, Cosa was number two, and then three was Gordy Green and Gordy Green. I'm going to keep my eye on him. Uh, I thought Gordy Green got that call up when Lucas Craggs got called up that one period. Remember, we had two guys from Toledo before we started doing this podcast get called up. Craggs got injured, so he's still on the Griffins roster. He's been out for a while. He's always a scratch. I always hear his name because uh, Zane says it a funny way. <laughs> and then um, I thought Gordy Green was the other one that got called up in that. I might be wrong, but I remember him being an impressive player. He, Yeah, he definitely is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what his development is and where they go with him and what they do with him. I'm interested in Bliss's development. Bliss, Bliss is young. Bliss is young. And he's been yo-yoed, like we've said before. He seems to have really established himself down there, though. And I would rather, honestly, like, if any of our prospects right now for Detroit or Griffins, I would rather them just stay in Toledo at the moment and enjoy the success and that the... Uh, well, yeah, they're going to get playoff experience there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> We're not out of the playoffs yet for the Griffins. No, but the, Toledo's definitely like in at this yeah. point. It would take disaster for them not to be in. Yeah. Um, I'll get to that here in a second. Yeah. The Saturday game? Well, the last thing for Friday is... Oh, Co- yeah. Costa... <laughs> Coach had a big save in the first uh, the first period, too. I remember seeing a clip of that. That guy shit quite a bit. And then the other thing is, in the third period, he got ran into. They knocked him into the goal. Uh, he made a save, and then the uh, defenseman just ran right into him. Or not defenseman. The uh, forward ran right into him. Uh, knocked him into the goal. Don't so, touch our goalie. Yeah, don't mess with Kosa. Uh, didn't rattle him. Obviously, he finished out the game. So, uh, But then Saturday. Saturday was a big game. They played Wichita. And they won five nothing. Who started that one? They put Lethman in. God. So, and he and that was his. I believe that was his third straight shutout. Uh, no, sorry, four shutouts. Lethman now has four shutouts for the season, and then Kosa has three. Wasn't it was like four shutouts in seven games? Yeah, it's something crazy like that. It's nuts. Uh, I started counting them the other day. In 10 games, they have five shutouts. <laughs> Jeez. Five shutouts in 10 games. That's insane. I love this team. It's crazy. Um, Lethman now has four. Kosa has three. They lead the ECHL in, in shutouts. Yeah, no way. It's, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. It's so impressive. Who did the uh, scoring in that game? Scoring, uh, Kirill the Thrill. Started yes. us off. So, um, right in the first period, Warren got an assist for it. Um, <laughs> Warren and Kirill actually had huge games that, that game for Saturday night. Warren had another assist in the second. Uh, second period, they, they scored three more goals. So, the, I don't know. They're a second period team. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're an every period team, clearly. They just exploded in the second period this weekend, So uh, which is exciting. The, oh, God, they're in the second period right now. We're recording, so I'm scared to look. You should check there real quick. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Uh, McKenzie got a power play goal. Kirill and Hawkins both assisted on it. Kirill had this um, secondary assist. Or no, the primary assist, sorry. In the third period, Green got a power play goal, and Kirill assisted on that as well. Nice. Um, they've rattled off eight straight wins. <laughs> so three stars, Lethemin, number one, got the shutout. Uh, he stopped 25 shots. Nice, okay. Uh, Coast of the night before, saved 29. So they're giving up 29-30. That's... Pretty average. That's that's fine. That's typical. 
It's um, not 40. Yeah, it's still 40 or 42. Like, was... Yeah, we don't know. Nope. Okay, yeah, moving on. <laughs> uh, Toledo had 39 shots in that game, so a lot of the Whew. game was on the other end, you know? I mean, and look what happens. When you shoot the puck, it goes in. Good thing, well, besides Detroit last night. <laughs> We're not getting into Detroit last night. That game had to be so frustrating for them. Continue on. Oh, also, Toledo's up 3-1 to one at the end of the second. Oh. Uh, Sam Craggs put him up 3-1. to one. I wonder if Lucas Craggs and him are related. I'm assuming so. We'll have to dig into that. That's kind of cool. Uh, attendance, 8,000 people in Toledo. Uh, they're one of the top attendance teams in the ECHL. It's just so crazy to go from 4,000 and then go double in your home stadium. I mean, that happens a lot in the AHL, too. Look at the places the Griffins play sometimes, and then they come home and 10,000 people, here you go. Have fun. It's nuts. It's it nuts. is. Uh, so far with their, their 32, 15, and four overtime losses, um, they have 70 points right now. They're two back from the central leader of Cincinnati. Okay. Now the, the conference, Idaho is still on top. So they're not going to, I don't think they're going to catch Idaho. That's fine. Yeah. Those three teams, Idaho, Cincinnati, and Toledo have just went crazy the last 10 games. Idaho went eight, one, and one. Whew. Cincinnati went eight, one. 8-1-0-1, and then Toledo is 9-0-0-1. See, I'm a firm believer in the superstition of not finishing top in the league in the regular season going into the playoffs, because I feel like that's usually the team that gets bounced first sometimes. Like, I don't... Toronto. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leafs, first round exit for sure this year, 100%. Calling it now, put my money on it. Uh, so, I mean, where they're at right now, like... It's exciting. There's nothing to shake your head at at all. They're playing amazing hockey. They're exciting. They're playing in some high-pressure situations, which is great for these prospects. They The big thing, too, with this is that, and I was looking at the standings today, is that they have, those top three teams are just pulling away from everybody else. And so, like, fourth Good. through eighth are way behind. So I don't think, I think we're pretty safe and secure where we're at. Yeah. And Toledo's just on a tear. I mean... We need to figure out a game to go to. So could this could this mean though that we see a Ohio showdown in the playoffs? Ohio showdown. Cincinnati and Toledo. We could. It could get ugly. That's exciting. That's really exciting stuff for that team. Obviously, as we've continued to look at tickets, they the fans are excited. They sell out most of their games. They're in the top percentage in the ECHL for attendance. They're definitely putting on a show. And I mean, look at me. I was whatever about the team six months ago and now I'm sitting here just waiting to hear these updates from you because it's so exciting and then obviously I'm all over it online now too just following this team and they're exciting and they're getting like I feel that the more we talk about it too the more people are excited about it when we were up at the Griffins on Saturday the guy the guy that we met Brian he was like we gotta go to Toledo and I'm like have you been listening to the podcast because (laughs) we've been saying this every week like we gotta get to Toledo we gotta figure out Maybe the Griffins could do a bus or something to Toledo for us on a Sunday for season ticket holders or something. like. That would be cool. There's an idea. See, look at these ideas just growing the game. But i got to stop giving away these for free. <laughs> just percentage off the tickets next year, right? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. But no, good, good weekend in Toledo, and obviously we're still recording while there's a game going on right now. Um, but hopefully they can just close out the weekend with three wins. Anybody score for any of our prospects score tonight? Uh, no, not that I've seen so far. Um, it looks like Craig's his goal. Uh, didn't have any prospect assist on that there. And 
uh, Mackenzie's goal was assisted by Hawkins. <laughs> Surprise. And they didn't update the stats of who, uh, who scored the second goal. But I know Stewart's uh, scored the goal, but there's no assist listed on here yet. So it still could come for later. Yeah, the, only we'll done, the only thing referencing our prospects that they've posted tonight is when someone tried to mess with Kirill and it didn't end well. For that guy. Oh, yeah. And we even have a follower there right now. And she said it's cr- like the atmosphere, the environment down there is just off. It's electric. Yeah, it's, no, we'll be down crazy. there. I'm, I'm very excited for that trip. It's a, a good reason to go down to Toledo. Um, so We're um, looking at the bobblehead night for Spike, the mascot. I want one. I want one. And we get a picture with him, too. That'd be cool. I mean, heck yeah. Why not? So... To wrap Toledo, hopefully they, yeah, hopefully they close that out. Good weekend for them. The boys continue playing well. The goaltending continues to be outstanding, and the team is just playing amazing hockey right now. So good for them. <laughs> yeah, we might have to like figure out. They have some like sections, uh, like crazy sections marked off. It seems like when I was looking at tickets, and this time like we like to sit behind the net. I don't know if we want to sit behind the net if there's going to be shutouts. <laughs> Yeah, it might be pretty boring. We might need to sit like 50-50. <laughs> I'm down with that. Right. Wherever, hey, if you're a listener and you're a walleye fan that's been to the arena, tell us where we should sit. Where's the good spot? Yeah, let us know and then we can hopefully meet up because that would be cool. Heck yeah. The last one, Flint. Flint, the Firebirds, Lombardi. The birds. How's the boy doing? Uh, So he, can, it was a, it was kind of a rough week for him, actually. That's so, not what I wanted to hear. Way to kill the mood. Yeah. So <laughs> Flint, Flint played. They played on the 20th. They played Monday at Sarnia. It was kind of a close game. And then the the doors flew off the barn in the third period. So they lost 7-3. to three. Uh, But two of those were empty net goals. So, okay. I mean, it wasn't as bad as it looks on paper. Lombardi had a power play goal. Uh, they put it on net. And he cleaned up the rebound. Sweet. Good positioning on it. The third, yep, got ugly. Lombardi got a second to, to, to keep the game close. It was 3-2 to two at that point. Uh, he did a little toe drag and then ripped it in the bottom corner. Nice. So that was, that was sick. That uh, is sick. Yeah, he finished the game, that game with two goals, minus two, five shots on net, two penalty minutes. But the... Pro, the, the the big clear on this one was he went seven for twenty-two in the face-offs. Ooh, not something you really want to see uh, for your centerman. No, I don't. I don't like that. Yeah, he. That sounds. This just sounds like an off game for him. Let's just let's, let's just leave it at that. I guess, right? <laughs> right. We'll go into the next game. We <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was worse. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so they played the next night. They played on the twenty-fifth. They played. So they went Monday, Monday they played Sarnia, then they played Saturday at home. So this was last night? Yeah. Okay. They played North Bay, and they won 5-3. to three. Okay. Lombardi finished with a minus 2. Ouch. Four shots on that, and then went 5-12 for 12 on the faceoffs. So a little bit better than the 7-22. for 22. Not much, though. Not Ooh, much. okay. Now they're currently playing against Saginaw. No, that game's over. Oh, the game's over. They won. They won. Oh, that's Looks good. Like they won three. To th- they haven't post. They posted the three stars, but didn't post the final result. So I'm going to their website here. Um, but Lombardi kicked off the scoring in this game. Oh, nice. Yeah, he so. needed that. 
And Saginaw's had Flint's number this year. They won the the Battle of I-75, so... Is that what they call it? Yeah, I think that's what they call it. Yeah, they won 3-2. So, Lombardi got a goal. So, Lombardi had the first goal. That's about all he did tonight. That's all right. There was another guy you mentioned that we needed to pay attention to down there. Bertuki? Yeah, he had... I just said, the name popped up. I just didn't know how to say it, so I figured I'd leave it to you. I don't know if that's correct, but... Oh, God, okay. Well, he had a, he had a primary assist on the second goal tonight as well. That's good. So, that's cool. Big defenseman. And right now, so the OHL does the top seven teams out of ten that make the playoffs. So, Flint is still in it. Uh, they're on the seventh oh. spot. Lombardi goal, plus one, eight for 13 in the face-off circle. Oh, so way better night tonight. Way better night tonight for him. And three shots on goal. So, that's awesome. That's good to see. That's good. Hopefully, I mean, I'm hoping that Flint goes far, but it would also be exciting to see him here in GR. Yeah, that would be interesting with where the team is sitting right now if we actually are chasing a playoff run in Grand Rapids and... You know, making additions like Sawchuck and everything like that. A very offensively powerful player that could make a difference. What could Lombardi bring in an April playoff run? Yeah, I mean, Flint's still at it. Barely. the Getting the win tonight was huge because Saginaw's third or fourth in the standing. So, grabbing those two points. But we've also had one or two more games on hand than most than everybody else. We've played, we've played two more games than everybody else. Okay. So they played a few more games than everybody else then. Or they have not played. Everybody else has played a few more games is what you're saying. Oh, no, they've played more games than everyone else. So everyone else has games in hand on them? Yeah. Oh. So we need the, we need as many God. wins as we can get to string them together. Okay. Well, I mean, that's interesting. At least we have, at least Grand Rapids has two games in hand on Iowa. That's important. Especially this weekend. It is. Um... I kind of feel like getting crazy this weekend. Oh, no. That's, uh, <laughs> everybody bring, else pray for me. Let's bring some signs. We're bringing signs? <laughs> you got to make them. My handwriting's trash. Mine too, but we should make some signs. All right. Uh, it means Heather's making the signs. <laughs> I'm not telling her until she, she listens to this. Is she coming? Uh, I don't know. I got to figure that out. Yeah, we got to figure that out tonight. We'll, we'll wrap with just talking about where the Griffins sit in the standings right now. We talked about Toledo. talked about Flint. Griffins are back in the bottom of the Central, unfortunately, after this weekend. We are tied. Uh, Chicago's got the tiebreaker on us right now, and that's so they are ahead of us. We have 49 points. Um, Iowa sitting at 55 there. Rockford at 60. Manitoba, 64. Milwaukee, 65. And Texas, 68. The top of the division gets tight. If the Griffins can string something together here, we can definitely squeak in there, but... It's funny how two weeks ago we're talking, God, no, this team's not going to make the playoffs. Then we get corrected by Bob on Sunday where he tells us, you know, oh, they're only six points out. Well, crap. I'm bad at this. <laughs> well, we've gone to so we've gone to all the home games. Yeah, we suck at home. And yeah, so then in our mind we're like, wow, we're definitely not even close to making the playoffs. If we're nine and twelve, there's no way we're any better on the away. I think we are that much better away, which is so strange. You should, like, I well, so the in the game day preview, I think it was for Saturday. Don't quote me on that. It might be Fridays. Uh, they asked Mike Knubel 
uh, what his thoughts were about the the bad home record. I think it was Saturday's because it was after that loss. He put it on the fans, didn't he? No, <laughs> no, he didn't really give a clear answer. Unfortunately, he didn't really have anything besides the fact that you know when the players on the road, there is less distractions and there's kind of just a different mindset of going into the other team's house and trying to stir things up. Um, but you know, he called the the struggles at home just one of those great mysteries of hockey. The great mystery is figure out your special teams and. Let's let's get it going at home. What other mysteries of hockey are there? <laughs> Why the puck bounces a certain way some nights? Yeah. Why the referee doesn't know how to call the game? Why the, Why the goal know. light goes off in the third period every game? Why the goal? <laughs> it's imagining the goals that we could score if the power play clicked. Every single time that goes off is a goal we could have maybe scored. <laughs> a hockey angel gets their wings. It's <laughs> <laughs> the dude gets a goal. <laughs> He has been playing better, so maybe the goal, maybe you got something there. Maybe you've got something there. No, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see what unfolds for this team. This is a, I guess, you know, going into recording, I didn't really think of it, but this week's bigger than I thought. You're chasing two teams ahead of us right now. We play them both over the next seven days. We have eight home games left. So, oh, how many away games do we have? I hope it's more. It's more than that. But yeah, so, we're gonna go. So we need to really correct this home, this home record. We, or you know, if we slip into the playoffs at the bottom seed, like that wouldn't be too bad for us since we're really good on the road. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> want home ice advantage in the playoffs. Good God, please no. Yeah, when it's, was the last time we made the playoffs? Five years? Two thousand seventeen. So it's before seven. Yeah. Ben Simon. Ben Simon. <laughs> no, we have not made the playoffs with him as a coach, to my knowledge. The only unfortunate part is being tied with Chicago in the division at 49 points. Um, we're tied with Chicago and Belleville for the lowest points in the league. But still talking a possible playoff spot. The AHL is a strange beast. <clears throat> Our division is strange. It's very tight. I mean, you look at the difference from First in the division, Texas, at 68 points to our 49. Okay, yeah, it's a little bit of a difference there. You go to the North Division, Toronto, 75 points to Belleville's 49. But even in the difference of first to second in the North, Toronto, 75, Syracuse, 57. What a 20-point <laughs> difference. The difference between sixth and second in the North is seven points. Oh, geez. That is a tight race. And the difference between... We could board man. The Atlantic Division's crazy. Providence. How do the Bruins have such a successful team and such a successful farm team? Seventy-two points on the season right now. They're first in their division. They're doing something right over there. They're doing something crazy right now. Um, and then top teams in the league for points wise is it's uh, Calgary and um, Toronto, and Coachella's up there too, which is wild. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Coachella is always a wild time. My apologies. We're not tied for the worst team in the league with those two teams. <laughs> Who's the worst team in the league? San Diego. The San Diego Gulls. Oh, God. Guess how many points they have on the season? We've lost to them. Yeah, they've lost to a lot of people. Guess how many points they have on the season? Remember, we have 49. They probably have 30. They have 29. Oh, so close. They, were, they have 14 wins, 38 losses. Who's their affiliate? Anaheim. Oh, man. Poor Pat Verbeek. He's got a mess over there. He's trading Zegris, watch. 
<laughs> oh god. Yeah, what I'm sorry. I thought there I thought, you know, we were at the bottom there, but that's a dumpster fire. Wow. All right. The whole mood of this podcast has changed. We're not as bad as we thought. <laughs> Our division's just really tough. We're just very Jekyll and Hyde still. One it win, is. one loss, one win, one loss. But when you compare the other divisions, though, there's no division tighter than this one. So it, it is, we do play in probably one of the toughest divisions in the AHL. I mean, we've got some powerhouse NHL affiliates in this, in this division, you know. Uh, Manitoba, Winnipeg. Texas, Dallas, Rockford, Chicago, uh, <laughs> the Wolves, Carolina, Iowa, Minnesota, you know, us and Detroit's doing their thing now too. So this is this is a powerhouse of teams and players and prospects that, of course, we primarily play these teams the most. This will be interesting to watch in the next, you know, let's fast forward eight years from now. <laughs> I don't want to fast forward time that fast. <laughs> But yeah, I did not realize San Diego was that bad. I mean, the West Coast teams in general in the AHL are pretty bad. So, well, the West is bad in the NHL. Coachella is the best Western, one of the best Western teams. I mean, Calgary still leads that division, but they're only three points apart between Coachella and them. And then Abbotsford it drops down a little, and then it's just a crazy drop off. But again, like I say, the AHL is weird and how teams can make the playoffs and everything. Our division has seven teams. That division has ten. Holy crap. AHL's weird, man. I love it. It's weird. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts with Brandon. Closing thoughts with Brandon. These are... I've said this before when we played Manitoba a couple times. I said those are some of the most important games. These three games are the most important games of the season. If we lose both these games to Iowa, I, I write it off. It's done. You think we're done? I would say so, unless Iowa just turns around and struggles right after those games again. I'm very interested to see what this Iowa team looks like in person, and like I said, I'm going to focus on looking into those stats over their last 14 games, 15 games since we played them last, because it sounds like they've been terrible, so I'm very curious to see what's changed there. But we can't lose to Chicago on Wednesday. One, because winning Wednesday tickets are nice to have. Yeah, they are. Um, In Iowa, we've, we've got to beat them. I'm assuming we'll see both goalies from Iowa this weekend. Um, and I'm assuming they'll see both of our goalies, too. I don't think we'll see back-to-backs again. So, this even is going to get interesting. Even with a playoff push, you don't think we're going to see Ned back-to-back? If I was coaching, I wouldn't. Even if he gets a shutout? I mean, we're not Toledo, man. No, but we have Ned. Maybe they'll call up Kosa for those games. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, let's not. Let's not do that to him right now. He needs to stay where he's hot. Yeah, he doesn't need the pressure. No, nope, not at all. Yeah, don't put him in that situation. Um, no, I mean, it's it's very important games. I still think we go 2-1 and one over the stretch. And I'll take that. Yeah, 2-1 would be good. Let's make the 1, though. If we're going to lose 1, it's got to be Wednesday, and we win the back-to-back on Friday, Saturday. As much as I want winning Wednesday tickets, I want to beat Iowa in both those games. Yeah, we definitely need it, because then we'd surpass them. Oh, yeah. We'd surpass them 100% in the next week. After that, we play Cleveland, Rockford, and Cleveland again. We're going to see a lot of the monsters here at the end of the season. We didn't see them at the beginning much. So this is uh, our time to shine. Our time for Dominic (laughs) Shine to continue shining. Yeah, we've got these two games against Iowa, and then we see them twice uh, at the end of the month in Iowa. So. So. 
big important games for the weekend. Exciting. Exciting. If we see Saturday's team for these three games, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, it's going to definitely be interesting, that's for sure. So we'll uh, court again on Sunday and yeah. uh, recap the games that over the week. And I uh, just want to keep watching Toledo win. Hopefully we get some Griffin wins here. And our boy Lombardi keeps lighting up the posts. Oh, my God. I hope he keeps scoring. I love it. <laughs> but have a great week, everyone. We'll look forward to talking to you after these next games. Give us a follow. Oh, Brandon changed his Twitter handle, so good luck finding that now. <laughs> I'm the mysterious one here. No, for sure. Give us a follow. We love the interaction on Twitter there. Nick is obviously still GR Hockey Guy, and I'm just Brandon GR Hockey now. Kept it a little simpler. Get rid of the numbers. Have a great week, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeyTownWPod and your host, Nick, at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at BrandonCook397.